Hello all, this is Amanda. I am a musical fanatic from San Diego. I try to go to as many shows as I can. I love musicals. And this podcast will just be an outlet for me to discuss them and dissect them and talk about all the juicy details of the musicals that I have seen. Today I'm talking about one of my current favorites, a show that I've seen multiple times, Matilda. Matilda is a relatively new musical based on a book written by Roald Dahl called Matilda. And I have that right in front of me here. It's a great little book for children. And I'm going to read you what the book is about. It says, Who put superglue in Dad's hat? Was it really a ghost that made Mom tear out of the house? Matilda is a genius with idiot parents, and she's having a great time driving them crazy. But at school, things are different. At school, there's Miss Trunchbull, 200 menacing pounds of kid-hating headmistress. Get rid of the Trunchbull, and Matilda will be a school hero. But that would take a superhuman genius, wouldn't it? So that book was taken and adapted to the stage, and a great musician, Tim Minchin, wrote the music and lyrics that add to the show. He did an amazing job. The lyrics are so witty and dense. I say that these words are just so wordy. There are a lot of syllables in every little bit of it, lots of big words, It's sometimes a little bit hard to understand because they're speaking so quickly. Um, But if you actually take the time to think about and find out all the lyrics, they're really, really witty. So the show starts off with a song called Miracle. It starts with a dark stage and this kind of birthday party set up. And there's some creepy music kind of off tune playing before these kids pop out from behind the table and start singing the song Miracle. My mummy says I'm a miracle, one look at my face and it's plain to see. Ever since the day Doc chopped the umbilical cord, it's been clear there's no peer for a miracle like me. And within this song, there are multiple melodies that pop up. After the kids sing that first part, it goes on, and then the adults, their parents, pop in, and they start singing about how wonderful their children are, while the children are fighting and being the worst. And the poor clown who's been brought in for the party is singing about these kids, and how everybody's supposed to be so amazing and wonderful these days. Um, Above average is average, go figure! is one of the lines. Is it some modern miracle of calculus that such frequent miracles don't render each one unmiraculous? So these just quick, funny lines are popping out, and it's very true to the feeling from the book. Roald Dahl, in his introduction to the book, is very sarcastic about children and parents and how parents think that their children are the most wonderful things in the world even when they're being little brats and he kind of talks about this sort of thing of the parents thinking their child is the most wonderful thing in the world and how not every child can be this super genius some children are obnoxious and he's talking about a teacher writing report cards about a child and having to say that they're not 
the most special, wonderful, beautiful child in the entire world. It does seem like kind of a weird place to start in a children's book to talk about how annoying children are, but it is also, I feel, very relatable, speaking as someone who works with children on the regular, to talk about how obnoxious they can be sometimes. And even though it sounds kind of mean, it's very sarcastic and funny, and I feel like it really hits home to talk about children this way. Um, and to talk about parents, because a lot of this really is not necessarily even really against the children per se. It's more against the parents who are so proud of these little accomplishments or non-accomplishments that their children are having. And it's about the parents kind of spoiling their child and not instilling in them any sort of idea that they might need to work for something or that they might lose ever, you know, and it's kind of a commentary on that sort of parenting and that sort of situation where no matter what the child does, it's obviously somebody else's fault. Um, in the song, there's another line where the parent says, have you seen his school report? He's got a C on his report. And the mom says, what? The dad says, we'll have to change his school. His teacher's clearly falling short. So it's that kind of, um, interest. It's saying that parents are blaming school and everyone else besides their child for anything that is going wrong for their child or with their child. And I think this is a very relatable sort of commentary and argument with parents and about parents sometimes wanting to take all blame from their precious child. And especially in this particular case where they're specifically showing these kids fighting and throwing and kicking and just being very not nice. And the parents saying, oh, look how cute they are. Aren't they smarter than their peers? Aren't they wonderful? And it's just kind of highlighting, oh my goodness, these parents are delusional. Then there's a little scene that pops in um, about the birth of a child. So this is when you get to meet the Wormwoods, who are the family that you'll be watching throughout this play. And you see Mrs. Wormwood in the hospital talking to a doctor, and she really just wants to fix whatever's wrong with her and get on the plane because she is going to a salsa dancing competition, and she's going to take first prize. And she doesn't know what's wrong with her, and the doctor just kind of looks at her because she at this point is standing on stage obviously pregnant with a big pregnant belly and the doctor says you're not sure what this is or you don't know what's happening think really hard and she doesn't get it and he has to tell her that she's pregnant you're going to have a baby and she says but I've already got a baby I don't want another one isn't there something you can do antibiotics um it's a great little laugh moment in the audience because everybody in the audience knows she's pregnant and she doesn't get it. Um, but she's very unhappy to be there and be pregnant and be having a kid. And she just kind of goes behind the screen and she's, you're hearing people say, push, Mrs. Wormwood, push. I'll push you in a minute, she says back. And at the same time, towards the front of the stage, in front of that little privacy screen where Mrs. Wormwood is giving birth, 
the doctor is singing a song about the marvelousness of life. Um, he's talking about how this is still unbroken skin, this uncorrupted mind. Every life is unbelievably unlikely. The chances of existence almost infinitely small. The most common thing in life is life. And yet every single life, every new life is a miracle. And that's where this song gets its name. It's called Miracle. Um, but it's such a beautiful little piece of music when the doctor sings this little bit. Um, and it's got some laugh lines behind because Mrs. Wormwood is making noises and kind of screaming and um, giving birth and not being happy while the doctor is singing this beautiful little lullaby about how precious life is and how beautiful it is to be bringing this new life into the world and how every new life is a miracle. And I think it's just a nice little moment there. After the song... Mrs. Wormwood comes up. You meet Mr. Wormwood who comes in as well. And um, they're talking about the baby. Mr. Wormwood is upset that it's a girl. He wanted a boy. And is saying that the baby's really ugly. Wants to trade it in for a different one. And the song goes on with Mr. and Mrs. Wormwood talking about how unhappy they are. How this is the worst day in their life. How Mrs. Wormwood is missing the competition she really wanted to be in. And it kind of finishes out the song with all these different pieces coming in because the birthday party comes back in and they're singing about how my mommy says I'm a miracle. The doctor's singing about how wonderful life is. Mr. and Mrs. Wormwood are singing about how awful their day was because they got this and how this is disaster and horrible, smelly look, smelly little thing. It's hairy, stinky little thing, Mrs. Wormwood says. Um... And they're just going on about how awful it is. And so it's this really cool, complicated bit of music because everybody's singing about different things and there's different things happening. And then it all kind of goes away and goes back to that birthday party that it just started out with where they're singing about, my mummy says, I'm a miracle. And it all comes in and then there's this kind of strange music and Matilda pops up into the birthday party. And she has her little bits to the same music as my mummy says I'm a miracle. She says, my mummy says, I'm a lousy little worm. My daddy says, I'm a bore. My mummy says, I'm a jumped up little germ. The kids like me should be against the law. My daddy says, I should learn to shut my pie hole. No one likes a smart mouthed girl like me. Mom says, I'm a good case for population control. Dad says, I should watch more TV. And that's the end of the song. It just kind of ends really sadly when you see that this juxtaposition between these kids whose parents just adore them and think the world of them and then this poor little Matilda that you've been introduced to and this whole segment is really just kind of showing you that she is not that child. Her parents do not like her, are not proud of her, did not want her, and they say mean things to her. And that's how we start this show is poor Matilda in this horrible little place. And you come into a scene where you get to really meet the Wormwood family now. There's Mr. and Mrs. Wormwood, who you've already met in this last song. There's Matilda, and then there's Matilda's older brother, who is a caricature in this show. He really only repeats back some things that other people say to him in a high-pitched, loud scream um, and watches TV. And the parents, the Mr. and Mrs. Wormwood, seem to dote on him as much as they would dote on anyone. They like him and they like 
they want Matilda to be more like him. Um, and she's not. She's sitting there on a pile of books, even though she hasn't started school yet. She can already read. And she's reading these books in the corner, and they're very upset. Um, she tries to tell her mom a story, and she, Mrs. Wormwood says, That's disgusting. Um, they're pretty awful. And you see this scene where Mr. Wormwood screams at Matilda, calls her awful names, um, and just does is just a really mean person to her. So then she goes into another song later that night where she is going to punish her father for what he's done to her. The song Naughty in this show is really cute. It's one of my favorites. It is going on about some famous characters. She talks about Jack and Jill and Romeo and Juliet and Cinderella and how bad things happen to them and specifically with Jack and Jill and La Romeo and Juliet like why didn't they just change their story and how the story got changed for Cinderella but she didn't have to do much because she had a fairy godmother so she goes on to say well what if you don't have a fairy to fix it and sometimes you've got to make a little bit of mischief and through this song, she's talking about how sometimes you have to be a little bit naughty to get things done because you have to change your own story and you can't wait for other people to fix things for you, which I think is a really cute, uplifting message. It's got a little line in there. Even if you're little, you can do a lot. You mustn't let a little thing like little stop you. And I really love that line about, you know, even if you don't have a lot of power and you're small, you really can do something impactful and big. And that's what this whole song is about. It's all about how if things aren't right, you have to say something. You have to do something to try and put it right. And it doesn't matter if you're small or don't have much power is how I'm interpreting that. I mean, even if you don't have a lot of power or fight or something, there, you have to do what you can do to try and make things right. And I think that that's a really great little message in this song and you also see her going in sneaking into her parents bathroom and messing with the hair products so that her father will accidentally pour bleach on his head the next day and um or peroxide and mess up his hair color because he's a very proud man and he will very much dislike it and it is a way for her to punish him for what he's done to her the next day the dad does put that stuff on his hair. And on stage, it is really funny. He's getting into it, getting the hair product in his hair with a towel. And the towel comes off and he has green hair. And everybody laughs at him and it's a lot of fun. And he has this big business meeting coming up and he's very upset. But Matilda doesn't have time for that because she is off to her first day of school. The next scene is the school song where you're introduced to Matilda's new school and the older kids are scaring the new kids about how awful it's going to be. It's a cute little song. It goes off of the ABCs, so it goes through A, B, C, D, E, F, G in the background of all the lyrics, which is really clever, I think. It's another one of those witty songs as they go on and basically are telling all the kids to stay out of trouble and if you cry it will be double and how hard and scary school is because of physical education with Miss Trunchbull, who's the principal. You haven't met yet, but these kids are 
scared of her. And you'll find out why in a little bit when you get to meet Miss Trenchball. But moving on from the scary children outside the school, she goes into her classroom and meets Miss Honey, who's her teacher and is amazing. Um, and she quickly shows Miss Honey that she knows so much, even with, um, out ever having been to school before she can read, she's doing multiplication of multiple numbers. And Miss Honey is very convinced that she doesn't need to be in kindergarten. So Miss Honey goes off to talk to the principal, Miss Trunchbull, about it and is shut down with another song, The Hammer. It's a song the Trunchbull sings about um, throwing the hammer for her country when she won some world championship. Um, and so it's, if you want to throw the hammer for your country, you have to stay inside the circle all the time. I apply one simple rule to hammer throwing life and school. Life's a ball, so learn to throw it. Find your belly line and tow it. And always keep your feet inside the line. And that's basically Miss Trunchbull's motto of this. You have to follow all the rules. And there are no exceptions to her rules. And she will not let Matilda go to a higher grade in the class. Um, there's no reason to think that she's smart or a genius. And she's very offended by the even the idea that a child might be smart or might be amazing um you get to meet that miss trunchbull is very anti-children which comes out later we'll talk about more but miss honey is out of luck trying to make things better for matilda or get her out of that class so she goes off to try and talk to the parents instead so she goes to the wormwood's house and she meets mrs wormwood and this meeting does not go much better for her, really, than seeing the Trunchbull. You get the next song, which is loud, about how it's more important to be loud than correct. And this song feels very political to me. It's got lines like, The less you have to sell, the harder you sell it. The less you have to say, the louder you yell it. The dumber the act, the bigger the confession, the less you have to show, the larger you dress it. You gotta get up, you gotta get up and be loud. And it really feels like this whole song is preaching about wanting and caring about how things look as opposed to how things are. So it's all about exterior, not interior. She has a line in there about how you should choose looks over books um, and how it's so important to get out there and stand out from the crowd. And it doesn't matter what you have to say as long as you're saying it loudly. And that's the whole loud song. And then they kick Miss Honey out. So that didn't go very well for her. And Miss Honey is feeling very down because it didn't seem to work very well. And then you end up back at school. And you learn that a little boy has stolen some chocolate cake from the Trunchbull. And that's the song Bruce. Bruce is the one who stole the chocolate cake and ate it. And so the Trunchbull is going to force him to eat a chocolate cake. And they have an entire song with all the kids singing to Bruce about 
eating the cake and don't let the Trunchbull win and make sure that you're eating all the cake and it's going to be amazing. And there's a whole song about eating chocolate cake, which I think is fun. There's, again, some really great lines in this song. Um, I am a big Doctor Who fan, so there's a line about a TARDIS in here where they're talking about um, Bruce eating the cake and being so successful at eating this huge cake he shouldn't be able to eat. And they have a line in here about how it's as we suspected. You have a worm, Bruce. Or is it that your largeness is much like a TARDIS, considerably roomier inside? I just love that Tim Minchin is able to get these little, like, jokes in there into the lines. There's a lot in this music. It's very dense, but it's really, really good, and I enjoy it. And this Bruce song is very funny. Um, but then Miss Trunchbull, surprise, surprise, has lied or omitted what is going to happen. Because after he eats the cake and he wins, just what does exactly what she tells him to do. She takes him off to be punished because he ate the cake. And they're all very sad. And that's how you end Act 1. Act 2 starts up with Mr. Wormwood and his son on stage. Kind of making fun of the audience. They um, come back a little differently than most shows would. They don't turn the lights off and get everybody seated. They turn. He comes out on stage and everybody else is still kind of mi mingling in the audience, milling about. And he just starts kind of riffing on the audience, telling people to sit down. He reads a little notice saying that we don't want children to read. We are not encouraging such abhorrent behavior. He doesn't use the word abhorrent. Mr. Wormwood would not use that word. Um, but you get my meaning. He's telling them that uh, we don't want children reading. It's awful. And then he goes on to his song, Telly. Which is all I know I learned from Telly. And he goes on with that, um, talking about how you can learn everything and how if a picture is worth a thousand words, then the television is worth lots and lots of books. And he makes fun of a number of different authors. And it's a really funny little song where he's throwing books in the trash. And that's a way you get back into the show. Then once he's off stage, Lavender who is Matilda's best friend, comes out and has a very cute little thing where they're kind of breaking the third wall and she's talking directly to the audience as well. So both of these little segments are kind of outside of the show where these characters are now on stage talking directly to the audience and acknowledging that the audience is there, which again is something that the that shows usually don't do. It's a very different kind of thing to add, but I think it's a cute element. It's a fun element in this show to have this this little section where the characters are acknowledging the audience in this little way. So Lavender is talking about how she's going to do something amazing later on coming up soon, but she's not going to tell you what, and she goes off stage and comes back, goes off and comes back. It's a little jokey, but she eventually tells you that she's going to put a newt in Miss Trunchbull's water and it's going to be amazing. Now we move on to the scene with the song that I think is the best song of the show, When I Grow Up. It is such a dreamy, beautiful little song. The kids are in a playground. They come down slides. There are these beautiful swings on stage, and the children actually swing out over the audience and in rhythm with the song, and it's just a really cool effect. 
If you've seen pictures of the show, this is probably the pictures you've seen. They use it on a lot of their advertising and things where the kids are on the swings on their bellies and swinging out over the audience. And it's a really, really fun effect. This song doesn't really necessarily go with any part of the show thematically. Well, it does go thematically. It doesn't go with the plot. It's kind of an outside of the plot thing, which is what we've been doing since we've come back for the first act with the telly and then Lavender talking to the audience. And then When I Grow Up are all kind of outside of the actual story. We're just kind of taking a break and doing some pretty fun stuff. And When I Grow Up is definitely pretty and fun. It's these kids playing in a playground, singing this song about um, when they grow up, they're going to be tall enough to reach the branches that you need to reach to climb the trees you get to climb when you're grown up. Or you're going to be smart enough to answer all the questions that you need to know the answers to before you're grown up. They're going to eat sweets every day. They're going to go to bed late every night. They're going to wake up when the sun comes up and watch cartoons until their eyes go square. They're going to be strong enough to carry all the heavy things you have to haul around with you when you're a grown up. They're going to be brave enough to fight the creatures that you have to fight beneath the bed each night to be a grown up. They're going to spend all day just lying in the sun and they won't burn because they're grown up. And it's just so fun and beautiful of like what a kid would think being a grown up means. Like what, is, what are the good things, the cool things about being a grown up? And towards the end, Miss Honey and Matilda come out and sing little kind of songs about that go back towards the story about how Miss Honey needs to fight the monsters under the bed and Matilda is saying that when things are not right you have to put them right and that's kind of what leads us back into the story where these are where the characters are Miss Honey is feeling like she can't do what she needs to do and Matilda is feeling like she needs to punish someone, get some revenge, um, that she has to put things right because she knows that they're not right now. The next thing we need to talk about is the acrobat and the escapologist. Now, escapologist is a word that I had never heard until I saw this show, but it basically, I think, means escape artist. So it's escapologist. Escapologist is how they pronounce it, though, in the show. And this is something that's been going on throughout the whole show, where Matilda has been going to the library to meet the librarian, which is her happy place, and she's been telling a story to the librarian about the acrobat and the escapologist. Those two are married, and they are very much in love and have great careers, but they really want a child, and they haven't been able to have one and in basically pain for not being able to have a child, they keep doing daring, more daring feats, more dangerous feats. And they finally come up with their biggest feat ever that they're going to do. And they set it all up and they're going to do this amazing feat. And at the last minute, the escapologist comes out and says it's canceled because his wife is pregnant. Now, this whole story is something that Matilda is telling to the librarian and behind her there is music and like this kind of shadow puppets of the escapologist and the acrobat acting out the things that she says. And this is all just a story that is somehow coming into Matilda's mind and you're not really sure how or why, but they kind of make it clear that Matilda isn't making this story up. It's a story that is coming to her for some reason. 
and she's telling it to the librarian in bits and pieces throughout the show. I'm not all in one chunk. So the two cancel the performance and everybody cheers in the audience and it's this great big thing except the evil aunt, well, the evil sister of the acrobat comes out and says, no, I've got contracts signed and you have to perform the act or I lose my profit and I am going to sue you basically for breach of contract if you don't complete this. So you have to do the trick. And they very sadly do the trick and something goes wrong and the wife falls, the acrobat falls and breaks every bone in her body. And she lives long enough to have the baby but then dies right after basically. And so the escapologist has to raise the baby alone without the acrobat. Um, but he invites the sister to come move in and help him raise their daughter. Um, and then you find out that the aunt now, who is helping to raise the daughter, is very cruel to the girl and is beating her and locking her up in closets and things and hiding all of that from the escapologist, which moves on to the next song in the show. Um, when Matilda fights with her dad again, she's in her room crying and banging and she has the end of the story of the escapologist where he comes in and he finds the little girl, his daughter locked in the basement and finds out basically what the aunt has been doing and he is so upset and he sings this beautiful little duet with Matilda who is standing in for his daughter, right? And they're singing this little father-daughter love song where they're apologizing to each other and saying, I'm here for you. And the song is called I'm Here and it's very sweet and I enjoy a duet where you're singing two different melodies. That is something that always works for me. It's something I really enjoy. And so that is something that they do here that I really like. Um, so it's a nice little scene and it's a nice little scene for both the character of the little girl and the escapologist but also for Matilda to like kind of act out this my father loves me sort of thing right after her own father actually was a complete jerk to her and pretty much showed he doesn't particularly love her. And it's a nice little moment for her. And it starts the idea of kind of what is this story? Where is it coming from? Why is Matilda getting it? Which we will find out as we move along. So Matilda's back in school and Miss Trunchbull has decided to get them all into phys ed to basically punish them and find out what's going on. And the song is called The Smell of Rebellion. And her plan is to separate the rank from the revolting. Um, so her, the whole song that she's singing there is that she's going to break the children. And she's talked about this before, that the way you teach a child is to break a child. And she wants to break their will to fight her by this phys ed routine, which looks on stage to be exhausting. And they're singing about discipline and all of this. And then this is where Lavender and the Newt thing come in. Because... Miss Trunchbull finds the newt in her cup of water 
and she starts screaming at the kids and she's yelling at them and it doesn't matter who did what. And Matilda goes into the song Quiet, which is a really cool, beautiful song where she talks about how you, there's no way of knowing what's going on in somebody else's head or exactly what they see. So the line is, have you ever wondered, well I have, about how when I say say red, for example, there's no way of knowing if red means the same thing in your head as red means in my head when someone says red. And it just goes on talking about feeling like there's something different in her head versus maybe some of the other kids' heads and how when she's hearing all this shouting, it's causing pressure and it's causing anger. And she's saying that, I'm sorry, I'm not quite explaining this right. Um, but she's feeling this anger turning into light and suddenly she's standing in the eye of the storm and the people around me, the eye, their mouths are still moving, but the words that they're saying can't hurt me anymore and it's quiet. And she's talking about like being in this thing and feeling like this pressure in her head and being quiet and being separate. And then you see her basically have this magic power and she pushes the cup over with the newt in it and gets the newt onto Miss Trunchbull. And Miss Trunchbull freaks out and runs away because she's screaming, I've got a newt in my knickers, which is a fun line. And so she runs off stage and the other kids all run away and Miss Honey tells them to go home while they have the chance. And then she has this part where Miss Honey is telling her to go too. And she says, well, I tipped the glass over. And Miss Honey doesn't believe her because why would you believe that this random five-year-old has magic powers? So Matilda shows her and puts the glass back up and then stands away and like just stares at it and says, tip over glass, tip over. And as she's doing that, the glass does it again. And then she asks Miss Honey or she says either I'm, am I strange or am I odd or something like that? And Miss Honey doesn't, Miss Honey doesn't answer. She just um, has her says, you know, you want to come to my house for tea? And Matilda says yes. And so they go off to see Miss Honey's house. So they get to Miss Honey's house and it's this little shed and it's very clear that Matilda is not impressed. And she has a couple of funny lines about, do they not pay teachers much? Which everybody in the audience is laughs at. Um, and Miss Honey's kind of explaining why she lives in this little shack and how she's so poor. And in the process of doing that, Matilda realizes that Miss Honey is the girl from her story. Her father was the escapologist. Her mother was the acrobat. And Miss Honey ends up singing this song about my house and how it isn't much, but it's enough for me. And in that, again, with I've already talked about my love of these duets with various melodies that somehow go together. The escapologist comes out and sings his song again that was before a duet with Matilda, but now it's a duet with his actual daughter, Miss Honey. And it's, again, this beautiful little thing where he comes out and you don't necessarily, as an audience, you might not have caught up with the fact that Miss Honey is the little girl yet when he comes out 
and he's singing the song and he's coming towards them and he almost goes to Matilda but he goes to Miss Honey instead and that's kind of the confirmation moment when you realize that Miss Honey is the kid Miss Honey is his daughter and that's how this story kind of interconnects and when Miss Honey is done with the with her song Matilda starts basically telling her about her life and saying you're the little girl your dad was the escapologist your mom was an acrobat and all this stuff and she's freaking Miss Honey out because Miss Honey has no idea why why Matilda knows all this about her and her life and her history and Matilda is all about going to talk to the aunt um, and get the aunt arrested well, this is a part I probably should have mentioned earlier, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. I finished the story with the little girl and the dad hugging and finding out and, like, being together. But that's not where that story ends. She then goes on to say that that was the last time the little girl ever saw her father. Because he was so mad about what he found out that he went out to go talk to the aunt and tell her, basically give him a piece of her of his mind and, you know tell her that she wasn't welcome anymore and that she needed to stop beating up his daughter and he never came home again and so the implication being that the aunt probably killed him and that's the same thing that comes up here in Miss Honey's house where she says you know she doesn't believe her father killed himself even though that's what the aunt said happened and so Matilda's all fired up and ready to go to the police and turn the aunt in and say that she killed him and all this stuff. And Miss Honey says, no, we can't do that. She's got too much power. They'd never believe me. At which point Matilda's asking, well, who is your aunt? And that's when you see the Trunchbull in the back and you realize and you find out that Miss Trunchbull is Miss Honey's aunt and the one who killed her father, probably. And with that information... Matilda goes back to school and they're in the classroom and the Trunchbull comes in and is going to do a spelling test for the class. But this is a special spelling test. Any child who gets a word wrong is going to be basically locked in the chokey, which is her punishment closet. And so she's going around and asking the kids to spell words and they're getting them all right. And she's getting very frustrated because they're little kindergartners and they should be getting them wrong. And she's mad. But one of the kids says, Miss Honey's a good teacher. And the trench says, no, she's not. She's too soft to be a good teacher. So it's going around and it's not working out as Miss Trunchbull planned. So then she makes up some crazy long, weird, fake word to make lavender spell. And then says, oh, and there's be careful because there are silent letters. So Lavender tries, but obviously doesn't succeed in spelling this ridiculous 13-syllable fake word correctly because she misses a silent Z. And so Miss Trunchbull is going to take her out and take her off to be punished when the other kids basically revolt against this. And one of the kids stands up on and says, Cat! K-A-F! Cat! I got it wrong. You're going to have to take me too. And all the kids start standing up and misspelling very simple words. Um, to try and take over the class, basically, which is when Miss Trunchbull sa basically laughs and says that you have miscalculated because she has lots of chokies and she's gonna put a she's got enough for everybody. So yes, I can put us all, put you all in there. 
which is when Matilda decides to take take some action. So she uses her newfound superpowers to write on the chalkboard. Um, and she starts writing about from Magnus, who is the escapologist. We found out his name earlier. And he she writes a note to Miss Trunchbull on the board from Magnus, basically saying to give his daughter back his house and the money and get away or he's going to get her like she got him. And Miss Trunchbull freaks out and runs away. And then they get this beautiful little anthem of a song called Revolting Children where the kids are all up and dancing and having this revolt against tyranny. And, you know, never again am I going to doubt when my mommy says I'm a miracle. That kind of thing of, like, taking back their power and never again is she going to get the best of me. Never again are they going to take away my freedom. And they fought for a chance to be a little bit naughty. These are all parts of the song. It's a really great, fun, uplifting kind of song to end that moment of the trench ball going away. And when they're done with that, they're back. you come back to the library. And there's Matilda, Miss Honey, and the librarian are all in there. And this is kind of the end of the show. It sounds like the librarian and Miss Honey are talking to the audience again saying, and that's the end, and, you know, Miss Trunchbull was never seen again, but Miss Honey got a letter from a solicitor, and, you know, that her parents' wills had suddenly mysteriously shown up, and she got the house and the money and everything that she was supposed to have been got, have gotten, and her aunt has disappeared. And so Miss Honey is happier than she's ever been. And they talk about how this isn't really a happy ending, because even though she's solved all this stuff for the kids at school and for Miss Honey, Matilda is still living in a house with parents who are mean to her, who are cruel to her, and don't like her and don't give her the love that she deserves and needs. And it's very sad, and they kind of make it feel like that's the end of the show, we're just going to end like that. But of course, we cannot just end like that with a child being abused. So in come the Wormwoods. And they are rushing in to grab Matilda because they are leaving. They are leaving the country. They're going to Spain. I think it was Spain anyway. But they are off. They're going away. And they're just here to grab Matilda. And Miss Honey stops them, saying, Wait, no, I'll take Matilda. She can stay with me. But before they can finalize that plan, the people chasing the Wormwoods show up. And so the Wormwoods go and hide in the bookcases as the Russian mafia come in. So what you found out here is that Mr. Wormwood, who is a used car salesman, a trickster used car salesman who sells really bad cars, has sold a bunch of faulty cars to the Russian mafia, which is never a safe thing to do. But Mr. Wormwood is very stupid, as the head of the Russian mafia says multiple times. And so they're there looking for him and they're going to beat him up because he, you know, sold them faulty cars. But Matilda actually talks to them in Russian and convinces them to let her family go. And so they do, but he basically threatens them that, you know, if I ever see you here again, I will not be so nice again. So he still says, but you got to leave. So I won't hurt you now, but you still have to leave the country. So the Wormwoods are going to go and the Russian takes, the Russians take their money back and leave. 
the Wormwoods are going to go and they're still going to Spain or whatnot. And Matilda wants to stay with Miss Honey. And so Mr. Wormwood lets her and says, okay. And this is something that in the book, I think, or either in the movie or the book, there's a line where the narrator says doing the only kind thing he'd ever done for his daughter. And that's kind of the same sort of thing here where they say that, you know, this is the nicest thing he's ever done for his daughter. He's leaving her with Miss Honey. And so the Wormwoods all run away, leaving Miss Honey and Matilda. And the librarian is now kind of the narrator and talking about this as they walk upstage into the light and forever, saying that they were very, very happy because they'd found each other. And Miss Honey and Matilda do a little cartwheel into the light and they walk off into the sunless set, basically, uh, upstage. And it's very sweet. And that is the end of the show. So that was kind of a lot. That is a bit of a detailed description of the show, but I love so many moments that I just have to keep talking about them. And it is hard to believe, but I did not mention every little thing that happens in the show there's a whole situation where Matilda glues the hat on her father and it it's beautiful and I didn't talk about that even. Um, but now I have. So there. This is a fabulous family-friendly show that involves a lot of really talented kids on stage, a lot of really complicated, interesting music with lyrics all one on top of each other. It's very dense music that's hard to understand in the moment. So this is a show that I think is really great to have looked at the lyrics beforehand or listened to the music beforehand to really kind of know what's coming at you so that you can understand it better because I do think that it's hard to get every word the first time you hear it um, just because it's so fast and so dense and so many words just flying at you so quickly. But they're really witty songs, they're really interesting songs and they're not just this slow ballad of word 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 there's like different lyrics happening at the same time from different groups of people and I just enjoy it so much it's such a great show definitely encourage everybody to go see it it is one of my current favorites and current and forever probably I love this show it's so great and I hope that you will enjoy it too if you ever get a chance to see it or if you have seen it before the underlying themes are kind of the standard of the underdog winning and good conquering evil and standing up for what's right. That's a theme that comes up multiple times is Matilda saying that something's not right and wanting to make sure that things are fair and equitable and right and correct and that you're not mean or rude or crooked, that you're not tricking people. She's very into fairness and that's a lot of the moral of the story is being fair. And so, yes, it's a story about this little girl who's a genius and has magical powers, but it is also a story about an underdog and just things being equal and fair. And it's very beautiful. Highly recommend. The book is good, too. The movie from the 90s is lots of fun as well. Just recommend it as a whole. The whole thing is amazing. So that was kind of a lot. A pretty detailed description of the show, I think, although there are moments that I didn't get into and didn't get to discuss. There's a 
part where Matilda puts super glue on her dad's hat and his hat gets stuck to his head for the rest of the show, which is funny. Um, I didn't even talk about Miss Honey's little song, Pathetic, about that she gets to sing after talking to Miss Trunchbull and then Mrs. Wormwood trying to get help for Matilda. I'm sure there are other things I've missed. It's There's a lot in there. It's a great show. Highly, highly recommend. And this is the type of show with how quickly the words come at you. It's a great show to have seen the lyrics beforehand or listen to the music beforehand. So you kind of know what's coming at you and you have a much better chance of understanding it because I do think that the one big flaw in this show or the drawback is that in the moment some of it happens so quickly and there's so much going on at once that it really can be hard to actually understand all the lyrics in the moment. So that is something that you want to prepare for for this show. Although other than that, I love it and it's great. It's a now and forever favorite and I highly, highly recommend it for you.